Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Twitter will lead you to many random things. But on this random day in September, I think it's September, I can't remember, to be honest, but saw my buddy Jake. Shout out Jake from Judiciary, awesome band from Texas. I saw him tweet out this Bandcamp link for this band called Tiger Splitter. Name sounded cool. Had some free time, so I decided to check it out. And to my surprise, the band was super awesome. It was just a single at the time, and I was like fiending for more. I reached out to Jake for any info that he had, and to be honest, there wasn't really much to be said because there wasn't a whole lot going on. It was just the single, and I was really curious, and I just had to kind of put them in the back of my mind, but keep them on my radar because I was really really taken back by how good that single was from this band from West Texas that is brand new. So I stayed in touch with Jake, eventually got in contact with members from Tiger Splitter. Awesome guys. I was really happy to be able to sit down, talk to them, hear about how they got into hardcore, what Tiger Splitter means to them, how their whole record came together. It was super fun, super awesome. I love that band. And like always, if you've never heard of Tiger Splitter, please do yourself a favor, hit pause, go to Bandcamp, Spotify, Apple Music, Title, whatever, and check out Temple of Blades. It's super awesome. So if you're a fan of Texas hardcore, strap in. This was a fun one. So please, without further ado, welcome Duddy and James to the show. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Do you want to introduce yourselves? Uh, yeah, my name's uh, Dustin Cernock. Everyone calls me Duddy. I play uh, guitar and Tiger Splitter. James Cordero. Um, I do vocals in Tiger Splitter. Wrote the drums for the release we just did. Awesome. I'm stoked to finally have you guys here. I first saw uh, our mutual friend, uh from judiciary post it was on twitter uh they posted the street law single and i was just like okay tiger splitter sounds kind of cool logo looks all right like let me check it out and i was like surprised like damn this is like super sick and i reached out and was just trying to get more information like yo like who's in this band like when's like more music going to come out and there really wasn't like too much information going on at the time so i was kind of like all right like whatever i'll just like wait and see and sure enough, you guys, uh, you know, dropped the three song uh, demo. Is that fair to say, or EP? Um, yeah, like yeah, yeah EP. I, I just kind of, we kind of picked uh, just to name it. We didn't really want to go with demo twenty twenty. Yeah, but it's true. That is what it is for sure. But yeah, you, you guys dropped that demo uh, in September, and I was like, okay, for sure. Like this band is like solid. I like you know have to reach out and. Uh, you know, ask some somebody or you know get whoever wants to come on from the band to come on the podcast. So I, I was super stoked to you know finally be able to talk to you guys and you know figure out who's actually in the band. Uh, so I'm I'm just really happy that you guys are down to do this. 
No, I appreciate it. That explains why, like, Jake could hit us up out of nowhere and was just like, hey, what's going on with Tiger Splitter? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it, it was cool for him to, to repost it because obviously, like, I'm not, like, in the know about everything. So when I see him post a, a link to a new band, I'm like, all right, cool. Like, let me check this out. Obviously it's, it's like, you know, something local to, to Texas. And I'm always curious. I, you know, love uh, Texas hardcore. So, so it was cool for him to, to post that. Cause you know, him posting that link kind of led us uh, to where we are today. So you guys coming on the podcast. Dude. Heck yeah. Thank you. Thank you to you. And thank you to Jake too. Super shout out to Jake. Yeah. Yeah. Great dude. Former guest of the podcast. So I'm just curious, uh, cause, uh, I don't know you guys too well, so I'm just curious about your guys' um, history. Like, uh, can you guys talk about where you grew up and how you got into hardcore? Um, I was born in Marfa. I lived there for a year or two, um, and then I moved to Lubbock. Um, I started going to hardcore shows. I was like in the eighth grade, and then just about a year later, I decided to teach myself drums and try to start a band and just been kind of doing that since then different bands and making new friends and doing all that yeah and then uh, i'm from odessa texas the like friday night lights town so it's like real small and there's really almost never shows there at all like i grew up going to like death metal shows a lot that my brother played those are those are really fun and i still love death metal but then whenever i was in high school probably like 15 or 16 uh this random guy just hit me up and was like hey man uh, you maybe want to come out to the show, and it was this band called Tie Fighter. Uh, but even cooler was James's band, old band Break Yourself was playing, and like I was just like a little kid, and I saw them, and I was like, "All right, I'm into hardcore now. This is my thing." And it's been going ever since then. Okay, and you mentioned you're from the Friday Night Lights town. That you never got sucked into the local football scene. No, I mean, like, you, you end up going to the football games no matter what, because, like, whether it's a date night or just your friends are going for something to do. But really, like, I hate I hate the football scene there. Um, our school should be known for way cooler things than the football. They should be known for just, like, the, the like the catastrophic things that go on there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny is I, I got I, I never saw the movie, but I was obsessed with the TV series. Okay, and that's not based in Odessa, right? No, that's actually based off a of fictional town because I was so in love with the TV, uh, the, the TV series. I was like, all right, I want to move to Texas. Like, let me see where uh, this Dillon, Texas is um, at. And I, I found out that it was a fictional town that Dillon, Texas doesn't really exist. So that's why I never uh-huh. moved to Texas. Okay, yeah. I, I had no idea it was set in a different town. Yeah, no, like, we were uh, we were on this, like, tour of Warner Brothers one time for, for my graduation trip, and all these people were tripping, and they're like, oh, are y'all from Dillon? Because we said we were from Friday Night Lights, and I was like, where the hell is Dillon? <laughs> yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, two totally different settings. Yeah, no, I, I should, well, I, I've been meaning to watch the movie at some point, because obviously I, it was, like, really popular, and everybody says it's good, and if I like the TV series, that I would enjoy the movie, so I, that, that's yeah, all. Yeah, that like, movie is really good. Uh, my, my principal was in that movie. <laughs> oh wow it's wild yeah we would actually use that to get out of like trouble because he was like he was a crazy guy like usually uh, it's well known that he was always on cocaine and uh okay. you could trick you could trick him into getting out of something by just being like hey were you on friday night lights and be like yeah let me show you my film reel of my deleted scenes <laughs> and then he would just go on that like cocaine field rant for 10 minutes and be like what are we doing here and be like oh i needed a bathroom pass and he'd be like okay sure Damn, just yeah, just kind of trick him into forgetting 
because he was so obsessed with his little 15 minutes of fame. That's funny. Yeah. He's just all his one line is uh, he looks at some some football dad and goes, are you sure that's your son? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was, that was your yeah, that, that was Mr. Hale. <laughs> okay. And uh, just curious, uh, how old are you guys? I'm 31 and I'm 28. Okay, so we're not too far off from uh, the same age. I'm 31 as well. When, okay. when I think back to like my earliest memories of like liking bands from Texas, uh, I, I think about bands like Will to Live, uh, you know, Tripwire, Sudden Death, and like Flawless Victory bands like that. Hell yeah, I've seen a lot of those bands a bunch of times all through all around Texas. Some good stuff. Yeah, that was before my time. The only band that I got out of the bunch I just named, the only one that I didn't, I didn't get to see was uh, Tripwire because they never made it to California as far as I knew. I got to see Tripwire a few times at an old venue here called The Way. And uh, that was kind of like uh, that venue exposed me to a lot of like, I guess, hardcore proper. Everything before that was like a hardcore band on a, on a metal course like show or like a death metal show that has the random hardcore band on the package. But mm-hmm. that venue brought in a lot of, you know, I guess like exposed me to some, some of the bands I still listen to to this day. That's why I feel like local venues, uh, especially like, you know, ones that are doing hardcore shows are really important and obviously going through tough times right now, everybody's feeling it, but it's like, yeah, uh, venues like that are really important to expose uh, n- not even just like young kids but just people in general to new bands new types of music so it's, it's always important to try to you know keep those things going yeah that that is the only reason why i was able to get into hardcore uh, and keep it going because like i said there was no hardcore shows for a long time and it would be like uh, james's friends from lovick their bands would always come and play and we eventually needed a venue and then that's whenever someone opened this spot called the pine box and I was, it was like four or five years of the pine box mm-hmm. yeah four or five years of that finally just solidified like okay hardcore is the rest of my life damn that's crazy that's awesome though uh, how uh, how far apart is um lubbock from odessa because like my geography of texas is, is kind of weird uh it's just two hours away so it's like the easiest to connect like uh the way i always saw it growing up it would be like so it's two hours to Lubbock, and then it's also from Lubbock, it's two hours to Amarillo. So those three towns would always kind of meet in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'd get tour packages coming through, and, you know, any one of our fans would play the Amarillo show, come down. One of us, I'd probably book the Lubbock show, and then they would go down to Odessa, and it'd be a nice little three day, easy two hour drive to go catch some shows. But anywhere else in Texas, from where we're at, it's uh, we want to go to any major city. It's at least four hours mm-hmm. at the very least. It's like five hours to get to Dallas, like six hours to get to Austin, San Antonio. Uh, we recently we've been playing, and uh, we used to play Laredo every summer for Hard Times Fest, and that was a uh, an hour drive. Yeah, plus possibly going to stop by the border patrol. Yeah, that's always a good time. Yeah, I never realized how big Texas actually is uh, or was until I was in the state. I did like a road trip, I think like two months ago. Uh, I had some friends; uh, they wanted to go see the Texas Chainsaw Massacre house, uh, 
and oh, nice. yeah Thank so you. so the, they're like hey like do you want to go i was like yeah i guess I, I have the weekend off like if if you can get me back to work by monday like let's do it i'm down like what else am i going to do so we, we literally hopped on a car or in a car friday morning and drove from orange county and then we stopped in palm springs to pick up my buddy nate and then we would just shot straight to to austin texas and it was such a trip because i had to drive like when we were leaving texas i had to drive from uh, El Paso was El Paso, right? Is that on West Texas? Is that right on that side? Oh yeah, yeah. Hold on. Now I'm trying to think. Yeah, I, I had to drive to like El Paso to Tucson, and it was just. Oh man. Yeah, it, it was. I, I got like this unlucky stretch, and I was and like just getting out of Texas, it just felt like forever. Like I was like looking at the map, I was like, how am I still here? It's been like hours, and literally, like it's like you know, uh, just a lot of like open land. It's like super flat, and it was just like so strange. So it was my first time ever going to Texas, so it, it was like uh, just like a different experience for me. Oh yeah, did, did you get the smell of that different like that oil filled air? Did that hit you at all? Honestly, not that I can remember because it, it was like such a quick trip. Like we like uh, we drove like one full day. I think we slept overnight in New Mexico and then New Mexico to to Austin. And then we were there for like half a day and, and then we just left. And like the only things that I remember from Texas is like right when we crossed the state line from New Mexico to Texas, we got pulled over by like state police because like the left lane and on the uh, highways like uh like emergency vehicles only or something like that so oh you know like the passing lane yeah, yeah. i think that that's a that's a valid one they, i mean not valid but they'll pull you over for that in a heartbeat yeah so we we weren't familiar with that law so like we got pulled over for that and then the cop like accused us of uh, smoking weed he was like i can smell weed in the car like like you're not in california anymore because he saw like our license plate it was like you know a, a california plate so yeah, yeah it, it was like some bullshit like like we weren't smoking we, we didn't have any weed on us so they asked if they could search the vehicle and we're like yeah go ahead and they like searched it for like it was like 30 minutes and couldn't find anything and it was just like it was just like a waste of our time because we were just laughing the whole time because we're like dude like nobody's smoking weed like we don't know what you're smelling but it wasn't us i'm i'm really happy you didn't get planted yeah does that happen? Is that a thing? In Texas, sometimes, yeah. Like, especially if you're, like, driving out of town and getting pulled over by, like, a sheriff or something. Mm -hmm. That can happen real easily. Yeah. Especially how you said, as soon as you cross the line, the state line, it was the state police. And that's their that's their quick go-to to pull you over for a moving violation and the quick, oh, well, y'all, what do y'all have in the car? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, that's... Texas police. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was strange, but it was, it was cool. I was like happy to finally, uh, you know, been able to go to Texas for the first time. So it, it was, it was definitely interesting. How was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre house? You know, I, I felt like I got uh, swindled because, because they're like super into horror and I'm just like a casual fan. So when they're like, yeah, like we're going to go to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre house, I thought they were going. Or that that we were going to the the newer one, the like the one where like Jessica Biel was in the movie, it's like the, okay. the, the giant one. Uh, but yeah, 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 but they were talking about the original one that they turned into like some like uh, cafe. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say I heard it was like a museum type of thing. 
Yeah, so they wanted. So we actually went to the original one that they turned into like some. Uh, yeah, it was like a cafe slash like brunch spot. So we like pulled up and it looked nothing like I was expecting, and I was just tripping. I was like, "Oh, I was like, you guys are like going to the original one." So I was like a little disappointed because we were like on 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 like a time crunch because I had to get back to work, so we couldn't do both houses. Like we we went to the gas station and then the the original house, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is okay." We like went inside the the brunch spot and kind of walked around we like just used the restroom where they like used like you know actual like filming and stuff but it, it was all right it, it was fun they were super stoked on it i was just uh, you know just down to you know hang out and go somewhere new so yeah hell yeah uh, just curious about you james you mentioned you learned to play the drums uh were you already uh you know interested in playing the drums or did you just pick that up because like normally it's like hard to find drummers to start bands um, ironically, I just kind of like, uh, like growing up and like going to visit my dad and stuff. I'd hang out at like cousins houses all day. And, uh, one of the main cousins I would go to his house, he had a drum set and he hated playing it. His dad always tried to make him play it. And so it's just to goof around. I'd go in there and just try to learn stuff. Um, uh, kind of always been an interest and I started junior high. I was like, well. I'm going to try to play drums in the band. And they're like, nah, man, you don't got any, any rhythm. So I didn't get to play drums. So I had a spite. I, uh, like mowed lawns all summer from the going like seventh and eighth, seventh going into eighth grade summer. I mowed lawns every day and then bought, went to like, uh, Sam's club, just like a Walmart on steroids and then fucking bought my own drum set and then just would listen to like whatever CDs and, you know, tapes I had and I would try to play along to it. And then eventually got to where I could do a couple beats and I'm like, all right, cool. Let's start the band. And then I just went from there. But yeah, it is finding a drummer is one of the tougher things to do. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that's always the the hold up when uh, people are wanting to start bands. It's like, all right, who can play the drums? And it's just like, all right, damn it, like we got to find somebody who's available and who can actually play or who has equipment, you know? Oh yeah. And is uh, Tiger Splitter a three piece? Yes, uh, technically, because well, it started with just uh, me and James. Mm-hmm. Like we recorded that street ball thing. I did all the strings on that. And James did the drums, the vocals, and I did the backup vocals. And then as we started writing the other songs, uh, I have this friend in Odessa named Tanner Battenfield, and he's like one of my best friends in the world, and I've always been in bands with him. And I just was like, we should get, you know, we wanted him to do a solo on it. And then whenever he first sent us like the test of the solo, was like, why don't we just have Tanner in the band as well? And so, and so we already had the three songs written, and he did a solo, but on like upcoming stuff, he will be like a full writing member. Okay. Oh yeah, that's sick. And how long have you guys been working on the band? Because obviously the the record came out in uh, September, like we mentioned earlier. But I'm just curious, like, how long has this been going on? Uh, when did when did we shut? When did America shut down? It was like the middle of March. So we probably started in April then. Yeah, maybe like the idea came up in like April. Uh, I've been wanting to do another band. Uh, where I did vocals in it. So I play in another band here in town called Dirt Nap. Um, and I kind of just wanted 
to do more, especially with everything shutting down. So we started kicking around the idea. And uh, yeah, I'd say April, May is when it started for real. And then it was like Dustin said, it was just the two of us. Uh, he came over to jam over in my garage. I have a little jam spot and I think like that day we cranked out Streetwall. I'm like, uh, all right, well, let's do this for reals. And then started writing more and more. Damn. So the, that first gathering, you guys uh, came up with Street Law. Hey, you guys ever written music together before, or was that the first time? Uh, I think this is our first band to be in together. Um, we've known each other for years. Um, I've always, you know, dug every band he's been in and we've always talked about being in a band together. And then, uh, he had moved to Lubbock, um, around that time. And then that's when it was like, all right, well, I've been having this idea of doing another band where I do vocals and then would you be down and everything kind of snowballed from there. Yeah. And so you guys got together that first time, wrote Street Law. Um, how long did it take you guys to write uh, you know, the other two songs, Temple of Blades and Everyday Struggle? Um, well, so we wrote the song Street Law, and we went and recorded. Like, we started that in April, then we went and recorded the next month, right? Yeah. Okay, and then, yeah. And then um, I'd say it probably just took, like, another two months to write the other song, I think. Because it was just... Uh, once we got Street Law out, we actually had more of a firm idea of like what we wanted to go for, and yeah, we started write, just writing those two songs, and we went and recorded those as soon as we could. And uh, since the uh, or since Temple Blades have uh, come out or came out, excuse me, uh, what has the reception been like for you guys posting it online? Because obviously. Uh, he, he, we mentioned during COVID times, it's a little strange, a little different, but bands are still putting things out, which is awesome. So I'm just curious, uh, you know, how it's been for you guys putting out uh, this new record, but also being a new band. It's been shocking in a little way because I've never had a band actually be able to succeed like this much. And it's not like we're, we're, we're not like blowing up extremely huge or anything. It's just, I've never been able to load up a page and it's like, oh, these numbers keep going up. This is cool. And so I've actually, uh, it's just, I've been really proud of it. And it's just that it's just to play shows now. Yeah. The, yeah that's, that's the big one. We're ready to play shows when it's safe, obviously. But uh, it is kind of weird uh, traditionally being in a band and, you know, having a first show and getting your set all together and then putting something out like a, like a recording. But it would be kind of, skip that and we you know we wrote street law and i wrote street law about you know things that i see things i've experienced and at the time and you know it still goes on like it's you know those are prominent things that happen on an everyday basis and that's kind of why i had mentioned we want her i wanted to put that out as a single before we finished up the other songs um just kind of one is an introduction of the band and also like, I guess, uh, solidify like where we stand on some stuff, like issues around the world. And wanted to put out the single 
Um, and then, you know, any money, we, I said any money we made off of that, we were going to donate every penny of it out. We did, uh, donated, we donated every bit of, any bit of money we made off of street law. And then went and recorded, uh, everyday struggle and simple blades with our friend Mark. That was our, and he lives in Hobbs. So that's a, you know, we had to drive two hours to New Mexico to go get these recorded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's, that's interesting. I'm definitely, I, you know, stoked to hear how it came together, but, uh, I, I feel like you guys, uh, you know, should be proud of what you guys have put out so far. Cause, uh, I, I feel like it's super solid and I'm not here to, you know, it's not just cause I have you guys on the podcast, but I, I actually mean it. Like when I say it, like, I, I think those three, three songs are awesome and I see a lot of potential and like what you guys are you know creating over there. So that's like a big reason why I wanted to have you guys on, because I, I feel like you guys, deserve the attention and i just you know want to make people aware who you know may not have heard yet or just yeah just i mean it's maybe gone like over their head or just you know just not on their radar yet but i I just wanted to you know try to do my part and just help expose you guys because i think you guys deserve it like i said that that uh temple of blades is super sick those three songs are are definitely like awesome and i'm definitely looking forward to hearing like more songs from you guys in the future yeah yeah thank you so much this is like this is my first time actually writing uh, majority of the music and playing guitar on like a record so because i usually play bass or do vocals mm-hmm. and stuff so like uh but that means a lot thank you yeah thank yeah. you a lot no for sure no I, like i said it, it, it's you know um uh it's cool for me to be able to reach out to you guys and you guys be able to do it because I, I feel like this is like a mutual thing like i wouldn't uh, have this platform if it wasn't for people like you guys willing to you know share your time and come on and talk to me so like i, I appreciate you guys uh willing to do it oh, yeah. Dude, i'm a fan of your show yeah i was about to say <laughs> i was so stoked when you had asked us if we'd be down because you got a wicked fucking awesome podcast and i'm just super honored that you would even you know ask us to be on first place yeah like i'm at a point where like even if like you know like COVID keeps us from playing shows for a long time. It's like, I can show my mom, like, hey, you remember whenever I would listen to all, to all these bands? Well, they got interviewed by this guy, and so did I. And that's like a, a that is truly enough for me because uh, it's just, it's so cool to see my name up like, with people, you know, Singer Throwdown, uh, Colin from Twitching Tongues, like, people I grew up, like, wanting to play music like. Yeah, no. Well, like like I said, you guys deserve it. The the music's awesome, so just don't stop. Like whatever you guys got going on over there, your creative process, just you know keep it going because I feel like you guys, uh, you know, like I said, have a lot of potential and uh, you know can make waves once uh, this whole thing's over. You know, get out of Texas, start doing some shows out here in California or just wherever. Because I like I said, I, I think the music's super solid. Thank you. That would be super rad. I've never been to California in my life. I've never gotten to play California, so I'd love to. Okay, I'm just here. So I, I saw a, a flyer. I think like a week or two ago. There's like a fest going on in in Texas. Are you guys aware of that? Um, no. Is it a live stream fest or? No, I I think it's in person. But it's in San Antonio. Hold on, I have to look this up because I'm like tripping out. Because now I sound no, crazy. That's yeah, I know there's a promoter here in town, and he's been putting on I guess shows, but it's at an outside venue. And you have to like buy tickets to sit at a table, but I haven't checked any of those out. Yeah, I, I saw the flyer and like I, I, I was like, buy a ticket, you get like a free like barbecue plate. And I was like tripping out, I'm like, is this like a real thing? Hold on. Oh, that sounds so Texas. 
Yeah. Dude, I have some buddies in a country band who got paid 950 bucks to go play a show in Austin today. That's like, that, that's wild. Yeah. Yeah, and they said they're like it is pretty much no mask. Everyone's just out there drinking. Okay. I can't remember the. All right, I'll, I'll have to get back to you guys on that because I swear I saw this far. And yeah, like I, I, I couldn't just make up. You know, you get a free barbecue plate with uh, your admission, but I'll have to. Uh, no, no, no that sounds up. sounds about right. I'll yeah. Bar for yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's something strange because I, you know, it's obviously controversial or whatever. It's because we're, we're still in the middle of the pandemic. When I went to Texas, I managed to leave and not have any issues. Like I follow some comedians who went and actually did some shows and ended up getting COVID, which is wild. Oh, yeah. But for me, when I went, like, we were just in and out. So it's not like we were interacting and, uh, you know, at the bars or doing anything weird. We just, you know, went and took some pictures and then left. So I, I'm, I'm just really curious to uh, see how that whole thing would go down. A, a I fest. mean, Texas is a wild zone right now. Like, like we are full of people who just do not care about the mass. Like they, You'll see no mask, and then you look down at their shirt, and it'll say something like "Make liberals cry." Yeah, like I've <laughs> over the past week, I've like had two run-ins with like middle-aged gentlemen at the gas station, and they're like, "You know, why the fuck you wearing a mask? You this and that." And it's like, oh wow, because you fucking have to. And then they want to, you know, they'll sit and talk shit to you about it's Texas. They'll talk shit to you about fucking anything, especially yeah. I don't know what the deal is. It's like. Wear a mask, it's not that big of a deal. You know, it's common courtesy for you, you know, your fellow person in the world, but a lot of people are so self-centered that it's, you know, they think you're infringing on their right. It's like, not really, man. It's just, you know, me personally, I'm just sick of not being able to do shit. I want to hang out with my friends and play shows and do stuff and, you know, kind of can't because everyone keeps getting sick. Yeah. yeah i've spent a lot of time at home and sometimes I'll, I'll sit around and just think about like damn i'm never home this much like ever so i'm always like uh, you know trying to stay busy so uh, when i think about it and i want to go out and do something and i'm like oh like there's a reason why i'm home so much these days it's because it's not like completely safe to just go out and be about just doing random stuff around town so it's like i, I only go out uh and just like if i have like errands or anything I'll, I'll just go and do that and then just come home instead of just trying to linger and find shit to do you know because like, mm-hmm. right now because things that like have gotten like i don't know if it's got like actually better but like restaurants and everything are like opening back up like the movies are open here you can dine in restaurants but it's not like at full capacity so mm-hmm. so it, it's like we're still in the pandemic but it, uh sometimes it just doesn't feel like it have you have you gotten to take a trip to Disney since like they've opened up? You, you know what's funny is um, I'm actually flying to Disney World uh, Thursday. So the, the day this podcast comes out, I should be on an airplane going to Florida for Disney. Okay, nice. That's so badass. Yeah, I know you're like really stoked about that and missing that. Yeah, so it sh- should be interesting. Like, uh, I'm I'm kind of curious to see what the experience will be like, but I. I don't think it'll be like too crazy. I, I just imagine like the airports will probably be like way less busy than they normally are. And yeah, 
And like all my friends that have gone to Disney during the pandemic have, have basically said the same thing. It's like uh, they felt super safe. It's like super dead. So you can literally just walk on everything. So I'm not anticipating uh, like a wild, like crazy trip. I, I just expect it to just be uh, like just strange times. But I, but I feel like this is something that I uh, am kind of like looking forward to experiencing just seeing because once this is over who knows if i'll be alive to experience something like this again like disney or like going to disney world and uh or during the pandemic so i don't know it's weird but no i I relate with that because i I keep on debating with myself on going to six flags because that's like my childhood thing that i've always loved okay and like it's always just been like if i'm at six flags i am at my happiest i'm guaranteed i'm gonna get a picture of corky pig in front of like probably the hall of justice uh-huh. so, like my little nerd heart just explodes uh, how far is that from you guys uh the one in dallas the six flags over texas it's only about like four or five hours okay but, but like i've been one like me and my girlfriend we always talk about, like oh let's go let's go even if we, uh, we've also talked about going to fiesta texas in san antonio it's about like maybe six or seven hours both are great and offer so many different things but all with that I mean, I, don't know. I I grew up with Looney Tunes, so I love that stuff. Yeah, our our Six Flags are all like Looney Tune and DC comic themed. So it's kind of it's kind of funny watching you know, Daffy Duck walk right past like Aquaman. Yeah. And uh, Six Flags out there is open right now. Yeah, from what I've heard, and I had a friend who went to over Texas, and they said they had a good time, uh, but. They said they were uh, the only people in the park. They, they they had noticed wearing masks, and they were there for about three hours. It's wild. Uh, I was in uh, Las Vegas this past weekend, and I was just like so surprised and kind of grossed out because it, like it'd been a really long time since I'd been around like that many people in like a public space, and seeing everybody, uh, you know, just drinking and smoking on the street. Uh, which is normal for Vegas, but uh, just seeing the amount of people not wearing masks, I was like, okay, I was, I was like, this is like definitely this should be the breeding ground for COVID right here, since everybody's just like mingling, getting drunk in each other's faces, and just uh, just being reckless. And mm-hmm. and part of me was like, all right, if if this if city can last and if people can make it out alive, I feel like uh, we should be okay. We should be getting better. Uh, obviously, the uh, president, President Trump, uh, beat it. And I'm just curious, like, what kind of, uh, you know, stuff they gave him to make him recover so quickly. So there's just so many questions that uh, that need to be answered. And obviously, I'm not like smart enough to give it to people, but I I just hope things get better. So, you know, we can do simple things like just go hang out with our friends and not worry about getting somebody sick or, you know, giving it to somebody and, you know, killing them. I, I just can't wait for things to return and, and you can't say normal, but I told things just get better so we can go out and not have to worry about killing each other, you know? For sure. Oh, yeah. You know, I wish I wish anybody who gets COVID could get that kind of treatment that that boy in DT got, you know, he got, if he can beat it and all that in a couple of days, like, I mean, there shouldn't be a reason why that shouldn't be a the go-to for anybody who has caught it. Because I know people who caught it uh recently today i found out some people i know do have it and you know they're scared out of their mind it's it's fucking rough yeah i lost my grandpa too like i mean it's a debate on whether it was it or the flu but i mean 
you know, I don't, I don't care. I just wish people would take this serious because we're losing way too many people. We even, I even have a buddy who, uh, even after he got over it, he experienced so many medical problems that they had to raise like almost a million dollars in hospital bills just for one person. And it's ridiculous that we can just cater to the president and not to our whole people. Yeah. It's wild. It's scary. I've got, you know, I've got three kids and, you know, any day, every, not any day, it's every day I got to go to work and I work at a barbershop, you know, and I keep that place as clean as I can. But at the same time, you know, you can't control what people don't tell you. Somebody comes in and like, oh man, I feel fine. And, you know, I cut their hair and that little bit of hair that gets on my shirt, you know, if I breathe that in, you know, I could get sick and it's putting my kids at risk. And that's, I think that's the part that scares me the most about it is one, I don't want to lose people close to me, period. Um, and I definitely don't want to see my daughters go through that. Um, so just trying to stay as clean as I can and not get them sick. And then with schools opening up, you know, that was big, you know, that's another story on like, reasoning behind my kids going back to school uh but i really wasn't for it i wanted to i wanted them to do like an online learning at least for the first semester but you know i get i get emails uh since school started i've gotten like three different emails from her school like oh well uh somebody in the building has covid will email you if your kid was exposed to it and then i spend like two or three days on a waiting game of like uh, am I going to get the, am I, am I going to get this email? And thankfully, you know, I haven't and my girls are doing really good, but it's still, it's, it's a fucking crazy thing that everyone's experiencing. Like I was, like I said before, it kind of sucks that people got to go through that. Yet one person can catch it just because of, you know, their position. And it's like, Oh, we got to make sure that he gets the best treatment. It's like, you know, as America, we should give that kind of treatment to everybody, you know. That's I mean, I'm not very political, and I'm not claiming to be smart enough to know what needs to happen. It's just, I guess, what I see and what I think. I mean, all I really can do, but it's rough. It's rough for a lot of people out there. You know, rest in peace to anybody who's lost their life, like dealing with COVID. Or like Dustin said, like dealing with it, getting over it, but still dealing with it. Like it's fucking a lot of people up. Yeah. Like where are you supposed to get a million dollars to pay those medical bills? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially whenever everyone is so like, you know, fighting to survive just with their jobs right now. Like and he's just bouncing that that little that next check in front of us like oh we have it we have it but we're not doing it yet you know and he can blame Pelosi and all that stuff all he wants but it's just like dude what this came down to is there was a button you could have pressed in the beginning and you knew about it that would have shut us all down and helped us but you didn't do it yeah Yeah. it's gonna be weird like you know years from now when we look back and you know hindsight's 2020 and when we look at the things that we could have done to prevent it, like a lot of this, because there's so many things like, you know, it's like obviously like the, 
the economy is like a, like a mess right now. So many businesses have uh, you know closed and uh, you know are you know are barely hanging on. So it's just like yeah, this whole thing is like pretty shitty. And uh, I just hope, like I said, I I was just hoping uh, you know just like look forward to the days where we can just uh, move past this. Uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I, I'm just curious uh, what your guys' thoughts are on the current state of uh, Texas hardcore. Um, obviously, uh, you guys have uh, taken some big hits this year, uh, which was like really sad to see. And it, it was um, you know cool to see so much love from the entire hardcore scene, you know, um, show love to uh, Texas for losing some pretty important people. But I was just curious, like, you know, what your guys' thoughts are. Um, yeah, that, I don't know, like, I, I didn't know Riley or Wade personally, but I've definitely had experiences with them. And then I had a lot of close friends who were actually close friends with them. So I think that was the way I put it uh, to a lot of people in my family who were trying to comprehend why I was so sad about it. I was like, this was like when Dimebag Daryl passed away for you Mm-hmm. You know, like this was a Texas guy who was on top of the world. These two Texas guys, and they were almost the best in their game. And we looked up to them, and we always, we always will. And we lost them. Yeah, it was just like when Dimebag Daryl died for a lot of like our older generation. That was rough. I, uh, I really enjoyed Power Trip. I was fortunate enough to see them at Sound and Fury back in 2009. I was there last year when they played. Uh, um, amazing band. Uh, I didn't know Riley personally, um, but everybody that ever said anything about him was always positive. Uh, like all the stuff you read online, just nothing negative to say about that guy. So it's yeah. definitely a bummer. Uh, Parachute's awesome. He's awesome. I, mean, I just hope the everybody. The fact that he was able to break ties and go on to like Fox News interviews, you know? Like that spoke so much about just his character that he believed in what he believed in, but he mm-hmm. would still go and have these interviews that could be controversial, that could like even have people trying to like cancel him or whatever, but he didn't care. He wanted to get whatever he needed to out there at the time. And I just I just hope that people are still like watching his interviews and stuff because every interview he did, even up to his passing, he was doing like like uh, interviews like this. And they're all so magical. Like Riley just had a way with words, and uh, you know you don't have to completely follow in his footsteps, but he is a good person to look up to. Yeah, uh, I, I feel like Parachute was one of those bands that kind of burst out of the hardcore bubble, and uh, you know did a lot of bigger things. Uh, but they still always constantly showed love to hardcore. Still played hardcore shows and fests, and I, uh, you know, I don't know what their feature is but uh, i just uh, think they're still an awesome band and it was a rough go to lose someone like him for sure power trip forever iron age forever yeah i love both of those bands yeah like i mean like so yeah those were my bands growing up is iron age power trip and the bitter end Mm -hmm. like those three bands it's like the holy trinity or at least for me it's hardcore. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, I'm sure some people will argue that, but for me personally, that's what it was, you know. And even with um, hybrid splitter stuff vocally, like 
I pulled a lot of influence from, you know, Daniel Bitterin, Riley, Power Trip. Like, I just, I've seen those guys play shows, and it's just, every time has been amazing. And it's, you know, it's up. And uh, it was, it was, you know, like Dustin said, trying to explain to, uh, I don't know how to word it, I guess normie people or people who aren't really into hardcore. It was like, oh, well, you hear this guy died? And I was just like, yes, and I am devastated. And I was like, oh, why? It's, it's kind of hard to explain, like, you know, those records really hit me right in the soul. I can put any one of those records on. It's, you know, it's just, it's crazy. Music can just, you know, no matter your mood, it can send you to a place to make you feel better about, about anything. We live in, we're living in a crazy world and, you know, you can put on a record and then for however long that record is, like, nothing else kind of matters. And that's what it feels like when I jam our trip or Iron Age, you know, and, you know, a lot of other Texas hardcore bands, but those in particular. Yeah. Well, Bitter End, you, you mentioned them. I hope they get back to it pretty soon. I hope we get new music from them. They're always awesome. I have this uh, Climate of Fear t-shirt that I don't want to let go because it's just so sick. I love that band. Yeah, um, I... Uh... Like my solidifying for sure moment with hardcore was because of Bitter End, because uh, the singer pretty much me Joe Green me a, a CD. Like I was just in there wide eyed and I was like, "Hey man, y'all set was awesome." And I went to walk away and he's like, "Hey kid," and he just handed me Climate of Fear and he's like, "Jam this tonight." And I was like, "Uh," and he goes, "It's okay, just take it." And then that night I took it home and I mean that's definitely like those riffs are still to this day my favorite Texas riffs. Uh, as far as like just hardcore goes, because of that band, I was able to get into breakdown. Like I don't know, I I owe everything to Bitter End. That's crazy. Imagine if he didn't give you that CD, where would you be? Yeah, I don't know. I would definitely, I'd probably be playing pop punk. Honestly, <laughs> same thing. We played a uh, one of my old bands played a show. Um, Bitter End was on a naysayer played. Uh, a few others I can't remember but I remember after and we had opened the show we're the only local when we played and you know one of the dudes in Bitter End was like hey man that set was super sick I gave him one of our demos he's like cool here have this t-shirt uh I don't have any money I'm like oh no man I didn't ask you about that like, just take mm-hmm. it well shit yeah, because uh, I've kept that even just like playing on a local band level, like because you know whenever, especially in Odessa, playing local shows, like to some kids you are a big band, and so they would come up and stuff, and they'd have those wide eyes like I had, and I would just like sneak a CD or shirt under the table, and be like, here, you know, take it, just keep passing on the message. I'm glad that I learned that from a band that I looked up to. Yeah, because one little thing like that could, yeah, you know, just alter course for somebody, you know forever so uh who knows who you can inspire or uh you know kind of just lead down the the path to you know just getting into hardcore more so i'm always more willing to uh 
try to welcome someone in or try to uh, put somebody onto you know bands or uh, zines or just anything or go to a show or just uh, just try to give them as much information as I can because I uh, want more people to to get into it that you know uh, could find a home in hardcore or could be into the music or just have a genuine interest. Yeah, for sure. I want people to feel like what I feel when I listen to hardcore, like go to a show, like it's a cool thing and and it's cool when people will ask you or you're able to just or they just ask you basic stuff and you can kind of just oh well this is what i've been listening to and then hey i've been jamming that band it's super sick it's like oh cool and like hardcore is one of the only genres i think that truly wants to open up conversations between people because of just like the political aspect of it or even if it's just what was talking about the depression whatever you see it majority of that more in hardcore whereas other things can just be like you know i love metal and stuff and i love hearing stories about like dragons or like a, a brutal murder or, like a horror story but hardcore is where i go to whenever i'm actually like okay i need to think about this topic and i need to discuss it with myself and with others yeah thank you it's Vinny stigma on one of his interviews where he said he uh, set himself apart from all the punk guys because all punk music was was fuck this and fuck that. Like they're mad about the problem, and he got into hardcore because that was the answer. Is either I don't think it's any stigma. Uh, I don't know. Might have been John Joseph, one of them. It was on that Godfather's of hardcore thing I did, but it made me laugh because I was like, kind of makes a little sense. Like every hardcore band I've seen. And I've tried to like, hey, what's up, man? Good set. Or talk to him about, you know, their music. It's like, oh, yeah, this is why we wrote this. And it always seemed like a message was behind it. Nothing against, you know, music, any other kind of music. But that's just what spoke to me. Like, always seemed like a, like a pushing of ideas. That's why I, I like when bands put lyrics up on their band camp so people like me can uh, read along and try to like analyze and try to get a deeper meaning because it's always fun because uh, obviously uh, you could listen to it learn the words um, but it's always cool to be able to try to dig a little deeper and, and find true meaning but i'm also cooler to be able to ask like hey like uh, i you know read the lyrics uh, this is what i took from it like what's up with the song and to get, be able to get real feedback and like you know hear the actual thought process and the real meaning behind the song is actually awesome that, that that's one thing that, that i like about doing this is uh, people are pretty accessible and you know willing to talk and uh, answer my weird questions about their songs so i i i'm definitely uh you know i, I definitely agree with you guys when, when it comes to like you know these like topical things in hardcore like they actually some of these songs actually have more meaning and you know, people are trying to you know have some real say and you know share their stories for sure i had a guy recently message me well, it was a few weeks after we put uh temple of blades up on everything and, you know, I didn't really know this guy. He just added me as a friend, sent me a message, and he's like, hey, man, uh, that song, Everyday Struggle, um, I know you said, like, something about depression, and it like, what's that about? And I was like, oh, man, I wrote that song because I deal with depression, and, you know, that's kind of what it was. And he's like, yeah, I like how you acknowledged what it felt like, and then an immediate, like, 
you can't think like that. You got to pull yourself up. He's like, thanks, man. It really means a lot. Like, it's a cool song. And, and you know, something small like that, like, was cool to hear because, you know, you don't, you, you write songs and you don't really know what people are, how you were saying, you don't know how people are going to take it or what they're going to do with it. But he wanted, you know, he hit me up, asked me about it. It was cool to talk to this dude about like experiences we both had with depression and stuff like that. And it was just a cool thing. Yeah. And you, you never know how you're going to affect anybody with the, like with your craft, with, uh, you know, the music you put out and, uh, you know, whether it be positive or negative, it, it, it's cool that, that that person, you know, felt compelled to reach out and, you know, share their positive experience with you. So it, it, it's, it's awesome that you're willing to speak on stuff like that. Cause I know sometimes, uh, you know, things get too personal. People uh, don't want to talk about, or sometimes just don't even know how to express themselves. So for you being able to, you know, have the outlet to put it on a song and, you know, you willing to share that, uh, you know, uh, share those personal, uh, you know, thoughts uh, about depression. It, it's uh, cool. Cause yeah. And like, a lot of people go through that and sometimes people just aren't um, uh, willing to talk about it or even know how to bring it up to, to talk about it with their friends or family. For sure. And I've struggled with that for years. Um, and honestly, the big thing that helped me was finding hardcore. It was kind of an outlet to get, you know, whatever out. Um, whether it's, you know, playing drums in a band or in this case, like being able to write songs about, what I feel are important and you know, to me that's kind of an important deal. I mean, I can speak for myself here, but I know a lot of people deal with it, myself included, especially with everything in the climate of what it is now. A lot of people have fallen into it and it's kind of hard because you're more or less stuck at home, stuck with yourself and to some people that's detrimental, but I just kind of, that's one thing on that I wanted to shed light on. Um, but I don't know. It is, I guess, in some aspects tough to, for some people to bring it up because you, you're conditioned to think a certain way about certain things. Uh, growing up, like I would hear like, Oh, well, so and so has got depression. And then the rest of my family's like, Oh yeah, that's, that's all in your head. And it's like, yeah, it is, but. It also affects everything. It is in your head and it affects every aspect of your life. And if you don't have an outlet or at least at the very, very least a someone to talk to, you know, that shit can get really hard. I've been through really, really hard days, years even, but I've kind of found a way to cope with it and to deal with it. And I don't know anyone wants to talk keep me up i'll talk to anybody about anything really it's just it's rough for a lot of people i find i always turn to music first i always try to find a song to try to put me in a better mood or try to listen to something that's like relatable to how i'm feeling for sure same here and then it's not just hardcore it could be any genre uh and you know that's the cool thing about music, and that's what's always drawn me to music. Is like I was saying, when you're jamming something, it'll put you in a mindset of a calming mindset. Maybe it's because you know how the song's going to end, so there's no anxiety about the unknown, but it makes you feel good. 
and no matter what music it is that you listen to, like it's cool that everyone has access to that tool and can jam what they want to jam, feel good about it. Or I know some people that get sad and they want to listen to sadder music, and you know that's cool too. But the fact is that they they have that tool to be used, and they're able to especially with everything being able to, you can stream anything at any point and it's pretty accessible to find whatever you're looking for. Yeah. It's strange. There's this pop punk record whenever I'm like, you know, feeling kind of down or even when I'm feeling happy, I'll, I'll put it on and I'm just like, how can this like record be able to make me feel both ways? It, it, it's strange to me, but, but it does. I was about to ask you the same thing. <laughs> it's a pop punk band from uh, New Jersey. They're not active anymore. Um, they're called True Things. It's their EP called Alone in My Room. I think it's Alone in My Room. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll send you guys a link. It's on Spotify. Super awesome record. Front to back is just like really fast paced, but just like lyrical content and just the way the songs are structured. It's uh, like something that I've been listening to for so long. And it, it just, yeah, whenever I'm feeling down or even if I'm in a good mood, I'll put it on. And it's just like, like, it's like you know like a good tone for me no for sure for yeah. sure i'm very I'm very picky with my pop punk but whenever it's someone who like i already know like oh i respect their music taste in these areas then i'll listen to their pop punk okay yeah i love pop punk uh but i feel like these days i'm still struggling to try to find anything that's like current that's still good like you know to to my liking because i'll uh, i'm curious and like i'll, I'll you know, kind of check things out on spotify or i'll just go to instagram and look at uh, you know who are people talking about and uh I, I think i'm kind of at the point where it's just like this newer stuff just doesn't click with me i don't know if it's because i'm older or what uh so i always like defer back to the bands that i uh, you know grew up listening to uh in the pop punk genre and the most of the records still hold up. Some of them don't. Uh, but yeah, that's how I feel. I especially with quarantine, I went back and started listening to all those bands I used to love mm-hmm. and deciphered like what I'm still into. But anything current usually just doesn't get me. And I'm also at a point where I am very jaded about giving anything current <laughs> a listen. It's really hard for me, and I know I need to get past that. But uh, I mean, the most current song I had heard recently was uh, WAP. <laughs> oh Man, wow. i don't know like yeah wow <laughs> 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 he's like what is that um, a badass song <laughs> that's funny cardi b yeah 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 that is probably actually the genre i give the most current listens to is like hip-hop and stuff okay Oh, there's like a lot of cool lyrical content there. Whether I agree with some of it or not, I agree with everything said in WAP. I think that song's genius. But <laughs> um, uh, like, yeah, it's just really hard for me to find any new bands that I'm into. Uh, Arcor, there has been some cool stuff lately, though. I really like that Killers of Ivory band. Yes. Ain't it Truth is tight. Yeah, like an house is tight. Yeah. Everything that that day's record label is putting out has been really solid. That band ended on Black Spot, super sick. Oh, I love that band. When, when things get rolling again, that's one band I'm going to try to bring to Texas. Because that band is, was super tight. 
Yeah, awesome Baltimore band. What about yeah. uh, Texas? Are there any awesome new bands popping up in your guys' area? Um, like there's not that many hardcore bands that I know of, but there are some cool bands popping up. Yeah. Um, I have some friends in this band called Pissboard. They're a metalcore band, and if you like like the kind of like vein and code orange stuff then they're up they're up people's alley uh there's also this band called bleak which is kind of like a deftones style band and they're pretty interesting um my friends in restaurant yeah that's my favorite band from texas straight up really good death metal um their guitar player and uh vocalist plays guitar in that other band dirt nap with me and so to see him in another band, doing a band he really wanted, he's been wanting to do a death metal band for a long time. Mm-hmm. And to see him actually doing it, it's, and it's fucking super good. It's like the most old, current old school sounding band I've heard. And so it, like, I love all the Magasaw bands, but this band doesn't sound like any of those bands. They're just fast, in your face, death metal. What about any bands that sound like Ivy League? Oh, Ivy League's hard to touch. I was going to mention when you were talking about records, when you put on when you're sad and, or you're happy, that band has gotten me through legit some of the worst times of my life. And the fact is that, like, you know, oh, their bass player plays bass and does vocals and during that with me as well. Named Eric Tegel. Um, I've been playing music with him over 10, 12 years now. Um, but Ivy League, all those guys, like we're really good friends with those guys, and it's it's cool to be friends with them. But it's cooler that they write songs that like make me feel good about anything, even about if it reminds me of the bad situations I was in. It's it's a cool one because it's cool. It makes me think about how I'm not that same in that same state and how I'm in a better state, a better future me. Yeah. Well, and if it wasn't for Ivy League, like, the Midland Odessa area wouldn't have as many cool shows as we did get to do. For sure. And so, like, people would just be a fan of that band and come through. And for us, is like, you know, James was really good friends with those guys. I, uh, The guy I had, who I had said messaged me in the beginning asked me to come to a hardcore show was the singer of Ivy League. And, so, and he used to let me come to Ivy League practices. Uh, I think that is the best, like, that is one of the best bands Texas will ever produce. And I can't wait for them to put out more stuff, but I don't know if anyone can ever exactly do what they did. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. Texas Kings, for sure. Yeah, I, I was really high on that band and uh, loved everything that they did. Uh, you guys want to hear a funny story about Ivy League? Yes, I yes. do. <laughs> so uh, one night I was at uh, Disneyland and... I was with like my girlfriend at the time and it was like a new relationship, like whatever, like not like a big deal, but um, we were at Disneyland and she broke up with me that night at Disneyland. And I was, oh. and I was like, damn, this is uh, kind of whack uh, to do it here at Disneyland. Like my, my favorite place now is it's going to be stained with this weird memory, whatever. Um, but that same night, um, Ivy league was playing it chain reaction, which is like 10, 15 minutes from Disneyland. So I was like, all right, cool. Uh, you broke up with me. Have a good night. Like I got to go see Ivy League. So I left, went to see Ivy League. I was not bummed at all because 
I got to see Ivy League at Chain Reaction and they did like such an amazing job. I was like, wow, this is so awesome that I got to see this band here at Chain Reaction. And then um, I left after their set because I, I honestly can't remember who else was playing. I, I, I'm i not going to lie. I honestly showed up just to see Ivy League. So I saw Ivy League and then I went back to Disneyland afterwards and then just like met up with some friends and it was just like uh, so cool. Like I, I wasn't even phased that I like, got broken up with because I was on such a high from seeing Ivy League and them like performing like so well. I was like, oh, this is so sick. And that's all I could think about. Like, I didn't even care that I got dumped. It was like, whatever. Cause like, it wasn't like a super serious relationship. We were together for like maybe like a couple months, but uh, I guess that was funny that it happened on that night. But like seeing them just kind of like, uh, kind of like created this like shield around me that like, I didn't even like have time to be sad because I had to like rush to get to the venue to, to see them. And yeah, they, they did such a good job and it was so cool that I got to see them in that venue that it, it didn't even matter to me that I got dumped. I was like, whatever, like my life isn't over. Like I'm still going to be able to do cool shit like this, like see Ivy league at chain reaction. That's so oh, tight. Yeah. Oh, I've been dumped before and Ivy league said it. I know that feeling. <laughs> 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 okay. For sure. Hell yeah. Yeah. Awesome band. Okay. I, I'm glad that you guys like them and know exactly who they are. Cause yeah, I, I, I seriously think that band is like so awesome. Yeah, their their guitarist is who uh, mixed and mastered the the demo for us. Oh wow, yeah, okay. that's so sick. Yeah, yeah, great, great job. Shout out to him. He was a really big help during that process because we didn't know what we were doing. Yeah, especially because Tanner was recording his solo in Odessa, mm-hmm. and we were emailing it to Phil, and it was just like constant messaging back and being like, "Nope, it doesn't work. It's not tracking right. What? Are, how are y'all doing this?" And me just being like, "I'm stupid, Phil. Help!" <laughs> like. It's like you know, I felt back like he's our friend, and I know he knows he knows that we're friends, but he's also a professional. He's worked on some big things, and so I felt bad. I yeah. felt like we were wasting his time. No, no trust me. I'm trying to like you know put this podcast together in the beginning. I had no idea what I was doing. I, I had to like uh, cite like YouTube and Reddit and uh, just kind of learn as I go. Like I, I always just try my best to try to put out a good product. So it, it's always uh, you know uh, a, a funny situation where like you run to like run into stuff that you just have no idea how to fix or what happened because there's been times where I did a whole podcast the audio is just terrible like it, uh, something like you know malfunctioned either with the software or my hardware and there's just like nothing i could do to salvage it salvage it and it, it's always uh, an interesting process to to see like how i could have avoided that or how to fix that so uh it, it's always i feel like sometimes it's better just to like, kind of run into those problems uh and kind of just learn how to fix them so you can avoid them in the future if that makes sense oh, yeah, sure is that something you yeah, got? I think we'll be prepared this next time around. We got it. Yeah, we got a little better idea. Mm-hmm. So, and do you guys have? We'll, we'll get there. Do you guys have plans to uh, put out like a full length next, or is it going to be an EP? Because I know it's still like we're only like a month out of the uh, Temple Blaze being out, but I'm always just curious on like what's next for you guys. Okay, for sure. Well, we're going. We're, our plan is to definitely go record next month. At least by the end of the month, we want to do. Tanner's uh, wrote he's written a uh, like a full song, and it is it's an epic piece of music, complete with like a clean opening into heaviness, clean middle. Like it is out there. Mm-hmm. It's same style, just a maybe a little bit of a different take, but still right in the same alley. And then we've got songs that 
I mean, I pretty much finished up. Um, need to add Tanner. Yeah. And get his like flourishes in there. So we'll, we'll definitely be recording at least three to four songs at the end of next month. And then we're going to be splitting those up with like, we have uh, one split planned. I know for sure with two other bands, uh, one called Ghidorah and one called uh, Windstar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Windstar is a, a newer band. They haven't put anything out yet, but Ghidorah, uh, they, they're on Bandcamp and stuff. Ghidorah, TX Bandcamp. Uh, they're like a death grind band. They're really cool. Mm-hmm going to be doing a split with them and then um, a split with a really, really good friend of mine from, he's from here, but he lives in San Antonio now um, named Eli and that's I don't know, one of the best drummers in Texas, just to gas him up some but he started some new stuff um, so we're talking about doing a split with them as well so with those two splits coming out and then uh, maybe revisiting all those songs, re-recording them, and then putting them all on one release with a few other tracks. Yeah, especially now with Tanner, because we got him to do one practice where Tanner was able to drive here, and it was already like just the little things he added made it that much better. So I definitely want to revisit recording songs later. But yeah. I'm just glad that we're getting these three to four knocked out, so that way, even if the slits fall through, we can at least be like, all right, well. We got a single ready to go. Yeah, just kind of stay busy, uh, you know, be in front of people's faces, and just uh, stay active. Because obviously, because music travels so fast, and there's always new bands coming out, uh, established bands putting out new records. So to to keep people interested, I, I feel like that's a smart move to just stay busy and just uh, you know, you guys have these options. Obviously, the splits, and if those, like you said, if those fall through, you know drop a single here or there uh, so i think it sounds like a good plan in my opinion you guys got you know, things lined up and obviously the, the like i said temple blades is still fresh but it's, it's always cool to uh, stay busy and just be able to uh, put out new music yeah my uh my definite goal is to keep putting out music and then once we can tour tour my my big dream is to play ldb fest like yeah. if this band could ever get on that fest, I want to put that out there now. That is my goal. I love, I love like this is hardcore and sound of fury, and those would be awesome as well. Mm-hmm. But just from what I've seen at LDB Fest, it reminds me of going to shows in Odessa, where everyone is friends, family. If someone gets hurt, they're, you know they're immediately picked up. It's not a big deal, and it's just what I want from shows. Have you guys had any dialogue? You guys know those guys that run. LDB. No, I don't at all. I've thought about, you know, maybe just shooting a shot of just being like, hey, here's my band, check it out. And I might even do that this week because we've done that with some people and it's just, it's always turned out pretty well for us. We at least get good compliments. Yeah, I'm not asking for anything. It's just some time to listen to the release. Yeah. But I mean, like, as far as like current bands go, like, Inclination is like my favorite current hardcore band for sure and i just think the vocals of that band is super cool every interview i've heard with him is awesome i think the music he puts out is good and then yeah just that family dynamic of that area just seems so fun you know i'm, I'm always curious how, like how people take that because sometimes i'll uh text people or message people just like band links and i got i obviously i'm not like some anr i'm not like working for a label or working for any bands i just want to kind of put these people like my friends just want to like kind of give them a tip like hey check this band because i think they're sick so i i, I hope uh, people like aren't 
uh, you know, ignoring those kinds of messages because like I'm always down to check out new music because who knows like if it's going to be good or bad. It, it doesn't take that long to click a link and check out a new song, you know? No, exactly. I mean, it's the same way. Like if you get if you put on a movie and like five minutes in, you're not into it. You're just like, all right, turn it off. If you're not into a song like a minute in, turn it off. And it's just it's done. Yeah, for sure. Well, man, I hope somebody out there is paying attention because I, I, I obviously I'm not the only one. So I, I hope people out there uh, uh, stream it. I hope people get into it. I hope this podcast helps you guys because that's all I want to do is, uh, you know, help promote you guys and put you on to people who, uh, like I said at the very beginning, just like, you know, might not be aware or just like, you know, just not on the radar yet. But I, I, I just want to help you guys because I, I think you guys deserve it. And like I said, you guys, uh, you know, with Temple Blades, like put out some awesome music and I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what you guys do in the future. Oh, yeah. I appreciate that so much. That's so, that's so fucking awesome. All right. Yeah, this, is, this is like a dream come true. Like, Hey mom, I got to do an interview for my band, and I'm not living at your house. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, well, dude, this is like okay. Uh, we done this, and it, it, it's honestly sometimes it sometimes it's hard to talk about um, you know people's bands when there's not a whole lot of content there. Um, but th- this has been fine, and I honestly would love to have you guys back because, like I said, I, I believe in your guys' music, and I, I just want to uh, you know see nothing but good things for you guys in the future. So. Uh, you know full length next ep split whatever like wh- whatever you guys want to do let me know I- i'm always down to have you guys back on for sure all right well before we go is there you guys want to chat out or plug anything that we haven't uh, talked about yet um yeah i want to give a shout out to the city of odessa and the venue the cactus house okay um you can find them on instagram they're they're struggling right now but they've been doing a lot of cool live streams I'm very proud of my friends and all the work they've done there. I want to give a shout out to all the Cactus House kids. Um, we just lost someone today, actually, a kid named Gabriel. Uh, he was Jeet Stunna to most of us. I know it's really hard for everyone right now, but we're going to get through this. And uh, the Cactus House and G will always be legends in the city of Odessa, no matter what. And uh, you can keep up, anyone can keep up with my Instagram. We're going to be making some stuff in memory of that kid. And anything Cactus House posts, I always share. If anyone can follow that page and just watch the live streams, donate if you can. There's been every genre of music has played those live streams, so there's something for everyone there. And they have more to come. Hopefully we'll have a stream of relatively soon. Yeah. Other than that, um, just keep, if you can listen to our band on whatever platform you can, if you can buy it on Bandcamp, that'd be really rad. We have shirts coming soon. Uh, we're going to go ahead and self-release some tapes. And then we eventually have, uh, I don't know if I can announce it, but we have a uh, foreign market that wants to do some tapes down the line. And that'll be really exciting if we can make that happen. So just be on the lookout for that. Uh, I just want to say thanks for having us on here. It's been super sick chatting, you know, getting to know you some. Uh, like guys, we both said, big fan of your podcast and just the fact that you wanted to put us on means the world to us uh shout out jake for sharing it shout out anybody who shared any of the tiger splitter stuff um that really means a lot uh it's it's been cool and i'm excited for everyone to hear these new songs and you know see some of the stuff we've got planned out hopefully when everything gets back rolling we can all hang out for reals and do some shows hang out 
maybe we can go to Disney with you. That would be sick. I'm down. that's so funny yeah no i'm I'm down i'm I'm always down to to go to disney with uh my friends cool people uh it's it's, it's always a good time like i've I've never had a bad time at disney i always uh, try to make the best of it like i said i got dumped at disney didn't fucking matter because i went and saw ivy league and then i went back to disney and i still had a good time so it's it's all good i'm i'm down to go to disney with you guys let's do it in the future we'll we'll definitely make it happen all right well thank you guys again for tuning in this has been another episode of the jamie k podcast always on top texas forever <laughs>